Welcome to the Farring Podcast. Uh, this week, Scott Boris has abandoned us. Um, so we are choosing topics on the fly here. Uh, Lee and I decided, almost by randomly flipping through the AIM book, which is the scientific process we use mm-hmm. for how we pick podcast episodes, uh, to do AIM 4-3-20, Exiting the Runway After Landing. I feel like there could be some good talking points uh, with Lee, especially after he finishes those couple of beers he Mm -hmm. has on his desk. Uh, So we'll get right into it. The following procedures must be followed after landing and reaching taxi speed. Except when it's not convenient. Just want to throw that out there. Yeah, everything you're about to say, all that you need to do except when it's not convenient. Just go ahead. Is that a... Is that a Lee Griffin rule of life? Yeah, yeah. A... Let's go with that. Let's read. I should have waited till you're done. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Well, no, I, I like the. Uh... Okay. If if it's according to Lee, if it's with, unless it's inconvenient, you do a, exit the runway without delay, at the first available taxiway or on a taxiway as instructed by ATC. Pilots must not exit the landing runway onto another runway unless authorized by ATC. At airports with an operating control tower, pilots should not stop or reverse course on the runway without first obtaining ATC clearance. So you're saying if it's, if it's inconvenient, if the signature that you're trying to get to mm-hmm. is not on that exit, that ATC just told you to exit on, and you can roll further down the runway, say, oopsie, it's going too fast. Make sure you're going. No, no, no. no. Well, yes, that is the way to look at it. I missed it. Make sure you're going too fast. That's the key. Okay. You don't want to stretch the truth too much. You don't want to get down to taxi speed, them tell you to turn and be like, "Eh, unable. They know. That's what they do is they watch airplanes land all day. So they have a good idea, energy management, how much... You know, how fast you're rolling up on the taxiway they want you to clear out. What would be the first available? Make sure you're going too fast. And if you want to be even more legal than that, just ask, hey, you mind if we roll down to Alpha 5 or whatever the case may be? The next one, if that's what's more convenient for you. Or you can be like, you know, cooperate and graduate mentality and be like, oh, let's help everybody out. And let's just clear this taxiway. But if they didn't specifically tell you Mm -hmm. a taxiway to exit, I feel like... Here it says first available one, but I feel like there's more leeway in that situation. Because I remember the banner company, they, a lot of times they just wouldn't, they wouldn't mention, they, you know, they'd be talking mm-hmm. to somebody else, you'd be landed, and you know, yeah, I'd just roll down the runway. Home field advantage. Know. But times I didn't ground loop. Well, right. Yeah. Yeah. D- is that counted in there 180? Don't do a turn on the, t- on the runway. Don't stop. Well, I made, I made my own exit area <laughs> when I did the ground <laughs> loop. It was, it was this. I wanted to return to my grassroots, yeah, so I kind of went between two taxi uh, taxiway ah, exits. Yeah, good. Well, that was efficient for him. You didn't yeah. even use one of their taxiways. Yeah. Think how think how efficient too. that was for the airport. Really? Yeah, less grass they had to mow as that's well. True. <laughs> that's true too. What about the roots though? Did they have to repair the roots you made, or did it make any? I don't think I. I according to my instructor, I ground looped beautifully. Didn't drag a wingtip. Kept all wheels on the ground the whole time. I don't know if I've made ruts or not. Wow. It was a, it was a dry Florida. Oh, that's true. Florida airport Yeah, at the yeah. Time. Mr. Burger's putting on a ground yeah. loop clinic over here. Yeah. I should that's start great. a ground loop school. 
How to ground loop. Oh my God. So yeah, wow. with, with the, yeah, take the first available taxiway, like left or right, you know, towards your, um, the FBO you're going to, or the parking area hangers that you're going to do that if you want to, but like you kind of need to have a plan. That's why like we are always briefing. Okay. You know, we're going to land, you know, okay. We have 7,200 feet of runway available from the glide slope. We'll have 6,300 or 6,300 and change, whatever kind of, whatever the math is. If you look on your Jepson plates, you'll see that 7,200 feet of runway available, 6,300 from the glide slope. Uh, plan a right-hand turn off Alpha 5, Alpha, Bravo to park or whatever, or we'll do whatever they tell us is pretty much my canned brief. I'm making up taxiways, of course, but that's kind of the, the concept. You don't, a couple things there, you don't want to ingrain too much into what your taxi route is because then I have a habit of thinking louder than air traffic control talks. You don't want that. You don't want to hear what you're thinking over what they are telling you to do. Um, I've learned uh, not necessarily, I haven't learned that necessarily the hard way, but I have luckily had a guy next to me who has been able to say, no, he said, Charlie, not Delta or whatever. So keep that in mind. You don't want to over brief or over analyze your planned taxi route. It may be ideal. What you are planning may be ideal for you, but they may have other plans. Just keep that in mind. Try and make the first available if you can. Um, but if you're not touching down in the touchdown zone, if you're trying to just roll it on and do the super awesome landing or it's gusty and you are, you know, working it to get it on smoothly or, you know, safely, you're going to chew up a lot more runway. So keep that in mind. The, and also you then even when you do touch down smoothly, you still have controllability issues to think about. You know, you're still kind of flying. If it's one of those days where the where the wind is kind of at the limit of the airplane, you're going to be flying that airplane until it's put away in the hangar is what I used to tell students. So keep that in mind. You Your plan on a no wind day, your touchdown point is one is is one thing. And then your uh, right or left turn off taxiway is another. But on that very windy, gusty crosswind day that's close to the airplane's limits, or you're just trying to do this awesome landing for because your father-in-law or whatever sitting next to you, that's a whole other story. All that stuff's out the window. You're going to take a lot more runway to land. And, you know, we know out of the training environment, pretty much nobody cares about the touchdown zone. Like like us in the in the jets and transport category, we are trying to touch down on those thousand foot, the fixed distance markers. That's our goal is to touch down on those. If you're coming in like a King Air Pilatus 182 and you're kind of pointing at the numbers, then of course you're going to land in that touchdown zone and you're you're going to be able to make a taxiway that I would that that I could have made maybe if I would have really got on it. But I'm going to try and you can take more time to do that good landing in a smaller airplane. And I, and I mean, I could take more time to do a good landing in a smaller airplane too. But typically, if you land on the fixed distance markers, that's already a thousand feet down the runway. You're already leaving a thousand feet behind you. So that's what kills me with that strategy, and it's so common. It's not strategy. In the, uh, the it's not planes. strategy. We have to cross the threshold at fifty feet. Three degree glide okay. slope. The, the glide slope. If you were to stay, if you were to keep the autopilot coupled, it would smash you into the concrete on those. That's where the glide slope is, where the pappies are, where the vazies are, where the glide slope would take you. So we tend, we try to keep the three degree glide path all the way to the runway. So we have, if you look at your approach chart, you have a threshold crossing height, and it's normally 50 to 60 feet. And that is, again, indicative of a three degree glide path all the way to, those, to, the, to the runway. 
all the way out into infinity. Just, it seems so wasteful to me. Um, is what it is. That's transport category. Did uh, okay. That's uh, I was going to ask. That's transport mm-hmm. category. So like a king, yeah, you wouldn't have to do that, or is that transport category? No, you wouldn't have to. You still should. You know, it, I mean, it's still good operating practice. Is it inefficient for a one seventy two? Hundred percent. But is it something to get ingrained in your head that that's what you should be doing? And that's something that I struggle with when I fly with somebody new, a uh, new FO, or back when I was flying with um, people that were coming up for because we kind of live in a well we're all from kind of a vacation area. So you have this influx of people that have that they're, they live in, well, not up by us. So they want to get checked out an airplane to rent and you're trying to do to check them out. You're trying to figure out what they know and what they don't know. And are they breaking a rule because they don't know the rule or are they breaking a rule because they don't care about the rule? And that's kind of a job as a CFI or some kind of instructor pilot to sift through that, and see what don't they know, what don't they care about, what do they know, but they don't care about. And that that's one of those things. Yeah. I think you should at least know that's where you – just like you shouldn't be laying in the display threshold. Can you do it in a 172? Yeah. Can you do it in a King Air? Yeah, you probably still can, but you shouldn't. You know what I mean? That display threshold is there mostly for obstacle, but since they know that, how do they know they have the substructure beefed up enough? I mean, it's just, you know you're not supposed to do it, so when it's just as easy to do it right, just do it right. That's that's my thing. Okay. Guess we'll do it. Do it right. Unless I'm in a small airplane, then I'm touching it down so early on the runway as I possibly well, I can. I tried that a few times. taking and, the landing gear off. Well, I tried that a few times. One time it didn't work yeah. out so good. All the other times were yeah, fantastic. All the other though. thirteen thousand times worked out fine. You were on point those other times, though. I I feel like that it makes does. up for it. Hey, well, you know, I want to say the my tracks are not the first tracks in the snow prior to the runway. That was during yeah. the winter. Okay, that was part of the issue. Learned something. That new. was part of the issue. Couldn't tell oh. where the runway started and all that stuff. Because they just plowed it. He actually, he never, it was not even a square plow job. We'll talk about this another time, guys. But um, he just went from the taxiway in a big wide arc onto the runway. So he didn't even plow the whole runway. So it was, it was, yeah, all a bad situation all the way around. But mostly I'm an idiot. What a mess. All right. You have all your rants out for part A? I think so. I I think so. Okay. We can come back. I probably need to read it just to make sure. But yeah, let's, let's, let's knock out part B. We'll go to part B. Taxi clear of the runway unless otherwise directed by mm-hmm. ATC. An aircraft is considered clear of the runway when all parts of the airplane are past the runway mm-hmm. edge and there are no restrictions to its continued movement beyond the runway holding position mm-hmm. markings. In the absence of ATC instructions, the pilot is expected to taxi clear of the landing runway by taxing beyond the runway holding position yep. markings associated with the landing yep. runway, even if that requires the aircraft to protrude into or cross another taxiway or ramp area. Once all parts of the aircraft have crossed the runway holding position markings, the pilot must hold unless further instructions have been issued by ATC. Yes. So you got you to gotta clear yourself of the yes. runway, but then once you clear the runway... You're kind of breaking the rules if you go any further than what's necessary to yes, clear. That is true. Because 
But now you're taxing around without a clearance, a tax yes. clearance. Yes, and that is something that – so first thing take out of this, the whole airplane, which is a guesstimate, but over time you get used to it. If you think if – you're, if you're questioning whether you're clear or not, you're probably not. So give yourself another little bit because l- listen to what this says. Even if you're protruding onto another taxiway or something like that, that's okay. By this rule – Get clear. You want to go from critical to non-critical. Taxiways are non-critical. Yeah, there could be like the hotspot thing or or uh, converging traffic coming from you know a long parallel um, uh, taxiway, and you're kind of on a ninety perpendicular to them, and you could maybe impede their forward motion. But remember, we're trying to get ATC and the rules are trying to get aircraft out of the air, off the ground, and out of the air. So. You want to get to a non-critical space for them, get off the runway, and that's what the hold short markings would designate. You're going from critical to non-critical. If you're questioning whether you're clear, you're probably not. Give it an, another little bit and then uh, go from there. But yeah, get full clear before you try to change configuration. If you're in a multi-crew environment before you're calling for an after landing checklist or whatever, just wait till you're all the way clear. Don't start your taxiing. And you're paying attention to taxiing and you're doing like a cleanup, clean up the airplane flow. And that's where issues have come with, you know, oh, I'm grabbing the gear lever instead of the flaps. I'm trying to put the flaps up, but I grab the gear, put the gear up. Normally not a problem unless you have a sticky squat switch or whatever the issue is and or a grounded out squat switch. I don't know. And you put the gear up and the gear goes up. That would be stupid. So make sure all your faculties are available. You don't want to be trying to do these things on in a critical uh, taxi um, stop or become get very, very slow before you start doing any of those types of checklists. That's a hot spot of mine. Just why? Again, that's another one of those things. If it's just as easy to wait 10 seconds, five seconds to get fully clear before you're doing or calling for this checklist, just wait the five seconds. What's the rush? What's the rush? That's my kind of my point on, I guess, B, but do you have anything, Rob? I, I didn't. Okay, know. great. So I, I, so uh, so all of that being said, A and B, don't tax out of clearance. Just get enough clear of the runway to not cause an issue for landing or taking off traffic on the runway you just used. You go to Chicago Hair, keep moving. Turn chances are that yeah, obviously they want you to keep moving, so you'll have already have taxi instructions. Keep moving. You go to a class Bravo, keep moving. Even if it's snail pace, they recognize that to go from a standstill to moving at any appreciable rate is too that's too much time. Even if you're just slowly taxiing and like kind of riding the brakes, do that. Keep moving. I one time landed JFK. I want to say we landed two two uh right, two two right, and you know, one of their normal like takeoff landing runways normally a takeoff runway i think um but so i landed that way and then i cleared the runway and if anybody were to pull up a, the a jfk airport chart this is when i was i was no this was a 135 flight we um or no it was a 91 so it was a 91 a lear 31 if you go look where i want to say it's shelter i can't remember who who the fbo is there's only one way up north if so you're going from the far south end of the airport to the far north end of the airport if you look at that chart, you can see how it is. I got all the way to the ramp, never talked to air traffic control. I cleared the runway, kept moving the way I wanted, going where I wanted, never talked to ATC at all, went all the way to the ramp. They didn't care. 
I couldn't get a word in. I'm not going to stop. There's airplanes. There's airplanes going everywhere. You just get in line and just keep the flow moving. And ATC appreciates that. You can ask them. Go ask a controller at O'Hare or uh, Boston, JFK, LaGuardia. Just keep the traffic moving. But time and place, you have to have some, if you have some um, local, there you go. Jeez, Louise. Can you orient that a little differently? No, Damn it doesn't it. give me that many options. So if you look at, I was talking about 2-2 right, everybody. So kind of up in the northeast. Oh, there you go. Yep, that's the be- that's a better orientation. That's actually true. That's north up. Yeah, now it's off. So if you look, so if you come two two right, all right, so da- kind of down to the north, the south southeast, it looks like of the airport, and then you clear there, and I think I cleared hotel probably most of the way down before you get to a three one uh, left hotel, and then I took that outer taxiway, which I can't, I want to say I can't even read because I can't even blow it up, and I don't know it good enough. Bravo, maybe what is that? Hold on, let me. Boom. Oh, uh, yeah, keep... Oh, no, it's switched over again. Nah, that's all right. Okay, yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, Yeah, no, it's all the way. Well, I'm, this is... I'm just practicing. This is actually we're amazing really that you're this. able to even pull this up. That's super cool. Yeah. So you have... Uh, that would be the right orientation. So if you look all the way up yeah. into the northwest corner, that's the general aviation terminal. You'll see it up there. So I went all the way from down there. Now, there's not much. Now, Grant, yeah, it's not complicated. But you're passing, yeah, there you go, right around uh, Papa Bravo taxiway. So if I taxi all that way and there's international, you're passing all these international gates and whatever, there's aircraft coming on and all kinds of movement. It's at night. I didn't talk to anybody. I just, there was no, I wasn't going to stop. I know that's bad. And there was just too much going on. There was too much, I couldn't get a word in edgewise. And I wasn't going to tell them, hey, I'm already on Papa. What are they going to say? Okay, Papa, Papa, Bravo to the ramp. Like, why? So some places you could probably get in trouble for that. Here, I knew that, and that's where the home field advantage comes in. Um, if you know that it's not coming back to using the first taxiway, that's where it helps to have the uh, the home field advantage. Is somebody behind me chewing me up? Is this a busy airport, you know, that, there's a ton of traffic, ton of jet traffic, and I'm in a 172. How, how? What am I doing to the whole system if I roll this out a little bit? Because your controllability of rolling past the first taxiway in a 172 when it's kind of gusty, not good. You know, you're kind of teetering on the edge of controllability with the airplane where I can roll past my first, but I can still maintain 90 to 100 knots rolling on the runway completely controllable. You can't do that. That's well into flying speed for a 172. So if you have jet traffic behind you, you can really upset the whole system and maybe have to make somebody go around. And I'm not saying deviate too much from what you want to do because you're all trying to enjoy the national airspace system. You're all, and you have limitations of your airplane. And I get that. So you don't, don't go too far out of your way to help the guy behind you. But if you were in their shoes, what would you want the guy in front of you to do? Golden rule type thing, I suppose. I've been on both sides of it, um, and it's it's hard to, to kind of pick which one's more important. I know that the jets are burning a lot more gas. They came from a lot further away and probably have a lot less gas in terms of reserves than the 172 probably does. I don't know. It's, those are just all things to think about in the big picture as you choose to land long and roll out past your first available. Having the home field advantage – being aware, like me, I could probably, and I'm not saying that 
anybody who's listening can't. You're just, as you've done it more and you go get into the 172 or the Cirrus or the Mooney, be aware of who's checking on behind you. What are they in? What are they doing? What are they being told to do as well as what you are planning to do? If they are 10 miles out yet, you're probably good. So just keep that in mind. But if they're two miles out, obviously, you know, do what you can to get off for them, I think. You're all just kind yeah. of etiquette, I guess. Time and place. Most time you can probably get away with getting, you know, taking the taxi way that you want to make your life easy. Yeah, just yeah, just think about the big picture, I guess. One thing that stuck out to me in part B, which I guess I have misunderstood throughout the years, uh, is an aircraft is considered clear of the runway when all parts of the aircraft are past the runway edge and there are no restrictions to its continued movement beyond the runway holding position markings. So can you say clear of runway before the entire airplane is over the runway holding position mark as far as like you're at a uncontrolled field and a lot of people will say oh you know so and so or clear the active is that what you mean or like for atc's purposes it's saying taxi clear of the runway unless otherwise directed by atc the sentence before this ends in atc and then the the first sentence after that in the absence of ATC instructions, the pilot is expected to taxi clear of the runway or of the landing runway by taxiing beyond the runway holding position marks. So it's saying you need to continue runway. taxiing past the hold short markings. But yeah. you basically you're clear if you're expected to be able to get clear of the hold short markings. And you're clear of the runway edge. Yes. With is how I read that. Yeah, with nothing impeding you from getting all the way through. You need to get through those hold short markings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you if you're if you are clear of the actual edge of the runway and you have momentum going and there's nothing going to stop you from getting That's a, that's an ATC call. That's ATC's call. Their purpose is for you being clear. Okay. See what I'm saying? An aircraft what does it say? An aircraft is considered to be clear when it's clear of the runway edge? Is that what the wording kind of is? It says an aircraft is considered clear yeah. of the runway when all parts of the aircraft are past the runway edge and there are no restrictions to its continued movement beyond the runway holding position markings. Yeah, so that's an ATC. Like, So if you're at an air traffic controlled field, you're not making a clear of the runway call. You know what I mean? You're not doing that. So that is what they expect out of, or that's what they consider when they consider ATC considers you to be clear. If you want to hold, bring that logic into your uh, class E, class G operations, and you're going to make that. I'm clear of the runway call. Do it up. I'm 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 all for that. But um, what I what I don't want is if you look at the logic. What I perceive to be the logic. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys in the chat. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think the logic here is the goal. They can consider you clear if they don't expect you to stop. If you just get the tail clear of the runway and you don't stop, or if you do stop, you would not be considered clear. Yeah, if you stopped, you would be considered even clear. though you are technically clear. Yeah, even though technically you are clear, because the tail an airplane could have a wingspan as wide as the runway, and since your tail is clear of the runway, it wouldn't hit you. You would be clear, 
But by but if you were to stop there, you would not be considered clear. You have to continue. They can clear somebody for takeoff knowing that you're going to have no impediment to getting all the way past that whole short line. Right? Are we on the same page? Yeah. And so that is where – are we on the same page? Sorry, I just like kept steamrolling. Yeah, it's, it's page 740 in the ASA FARM 2020. You're talking Two. to me? Yeah. What? No, 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 no. I meant like f- metaphorically on the same page. But anyways, okay. so if if since that's kind of the logic I believe to be true, I think that should be applied when you're going – the delineation between critical and non-critical is that whole short line. So if you get all the – I don't want anything really to be done with the airplane. The goals get through there, then you're clear. If you were to stop – and take your time to look, oh, is this the flap handle or the gear handle? Is this the, you know, what am I, what am I, what switch am I pushing, what button am, or flipping, what button am I pushing, what gear am I moving, or what lever am I moving? If you can't take the time to do that, I, I think that that's, that's the issue, which is why I wanted, I would want it, and I, the FAA wants it, I believe, when the airplane is fully clear of the hold short line, because then... It's, once the airplane is fully clear of the whole short line, you can come to a stop. It says here you're pretty much expected to come to a stop if you don't have further instructions. So that's that's my thing. You see what I'm saying? So that they can clear somebody for takeoff, clear somebody to land, as long as they don't have any reason to think that you're going to stop prior to the whole airplane crossing the whole short line, if that makes sense. Okay. So you don't think that's a a good clear you're in the clear calling it as soon as your tail clears the edge in a non-tower environment in that situation you would still wait till you're over the line no i would i would call it when the tail's clear okay i would call as long as you're continuing momentum and are going to go beyond that 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 yeah if you don't if you don't see yeah if you don't see a reason that you're going to have to stop call it as soon as you can and that i mean that's a little bit of an etiquette thing right letting the person know that you're clear. I mean, the person behind you, if they're so close and I've been there, but if they're, they're so close that you are, that they are, if they are so close behind you that they are sweating bullets until you call clear, they can obviously watch that you're clear. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of weird. I'm pretty sure. So I'm actually kind of trying to look right now. Um, not very efficiently look for those required calls at a uh, class, uh, whatever, EG airport, uncontrolled field. And I'm pretty sure that the clear of the runway call is required. I'm not sure. And I know everybody's going to be like, this guy's such an idiot. but And I am. But I think um, I'm pretty sure it's required. So I'm going to find that. but Or I'm going to try and find that. But yeah, as soon as the tail's clear and you don't think you're going to have to stop... The person behind you shouldn't be that close, but if they are, um, that's maybe a little bit of a bad planning call on their part, that if they have to go around, it's their own damn fault. That's one thing. Two, if it is, if they are, um, if it's like a 172 taxiing behind a 172, theoretically, you should probably be able to land and stop before you were to hit them. You know what I'm saying? Does that make any sense? I've had that before yep. where like I'm trying to land short, they landed like normal and I'm going to like, I can stop before, even if they stopped on the runway, I would be at 
totally done before there was even an issue. Yeah. I think a lot of times, though, too, the... Leaving the runway is a required call. Um, I'm on page. It's, um, well, this is the 2021... So I can't, but it's four dash. Oh my god! I know. I did know. I not? Did I not send you guys the twenty two? No, don't have it. I'm on. Oh. Uh, so it's um, page four dash one dash nine, and it's table four dash one dash one. Summary of recommended communication procedures. And so if you have Unicom or no tower, no tower in operation, flight service station closed, tower or FSS flight service station not in operation or designated CTAF area which is in Alaska only, um, inbound, you're supposed to call 10 miles out, entering downwind, base, final, and leaving the runway. Okay. So that's a one, that that's is a one required a call. lot of people don't. Is, 100%. There's a lot a of things they do. common don't do. one. Yeah, yeah. They make all kinds of weird-ass calls. 45 to left downwind. Overhead entering left downwind, which I understand giving a little bit of information, and if you're going to omit, like, the downwind call... Or something. I, I'm I'm not as OCD about that as I was. But this says entering downwind. So like, okay, I'm entering left downwind runway 27. Poor Clinton. You know, whatever. Um, and then base. So I tend to say left base. So, you know, yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, left base. Final, leaving the runway. So, um, you know, poor Clinton traffic, Cessna so-and-so, clearing 27, poor Clinton. Is what I would say. Okay. Some people say clearing the active, which if you're far out and like, let's say, um, so typically, depending on how high you are, you're not going to hear um, the ATIS or the AWOS or the ASOS that far. Kind of the maximum is really 150 miles, which is like if you're way high. But I know if I'm more than 150, I'm not even going to try getting it. But if like you're low and you want a good sense of how it's a busy, nice summer Sunday and it's pancake breakfast time, all that shit. And you're trying to get a good read on what's going on. It doesn't help anybody out. If everybody's set, like if they're just saying the active, clear the active, all these things, like use the runway numbers, people. Now, theoretically, that same airplane should have done downwind two seven, left base two seven, final two seven, clearing two seven. So they should have had enough time to hear it, but if they're just checking on or around the wrong frequency, I'd rather just just everybody just use the damn numbers. I don't know. Yeah, I've, I don't even remember what I would say in that situation. I think I would always just say clear the active. I, I, I don't like even, that I don't know if it's the runway. What's that? I might I might have just say uh, clear the runway. Don't be a hack. Don't be a hack. I'm not. I'm not on a runway. Where? Nobody. Nobody should be landing on a taxiway. So I'm clear. If you're landing on a runway, I'm clear of that runway. There is no runway on this airport I'm on. Clear the runway. What do you mean there's no run? What do you mean? What do you mean there's no runway? What are you talking about? I said, if I say clear the runway, that means I'm not on the runway. doesn't matter which runway. doesn't matter which runway you're at. There's no runway that you could land on that I'm on, on that airport. Or any airport for that matter. Because if I'm on a taxiway at any airport... That means I'm not on any runway anywhere. Okay. So from an IFR standpoint, oftentimes we have to say, you know, like for example, Cleveland ground, you know, so-and-so clearing two, four left, going to Atlantic, going to jets. You might as well have ingrained in your head to say the damn runway. You're saying it for every other leg of the pattern. You're just going to say, oh, it's convenient for me not to say it this time. 
I don't know. I'm just saying I I was one of the runway and you don't need to yeah. say runway. We all know you're landing on a runway. People say, "Oh, I'm left downwind runway 2 set." Well, no shit, it's a runway. You don't need to say runway. So we can go the other way. Why say runway at all? Can we I, all know it's a runway. Can I just say I'm clear? Yeah, clear 29 hind. I don't even I I know. I know. I couldn't, but you could. Nobody knows. But you could. If it got busy for a flying, you should. It's all bad habits. It's all bad habits. And if you had a student, you'd be teaching them bad habits too. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, dude. Okay. I feel like I've been... I don't remember... The problem is I haven't flown in so long. Uh I don't remember exactly what I did. But I I feel like that's not what I did. And if I remembered what I did, I'd argue that to the... Till the end of this episode, but I don't remember what I did, so well, it's hard to argue. Well, you know, well, you know what? He, what's <laughs> interesting is here we're, I, ha, I cited a page number and a table, and it covered every base for a non-ATC tower, and uh, tells you what to say. And um, so, if you guys are deciding not to say it, that's one thing. We can kind of go over <laughs> the finer points of saying clear the runway, but if you're making all the other legs of the pattern. Why not just say the runway then? And then you're in a good spot when you have to regurgitate that information to ATC if you were at a towered field. It's just part, yeah, of, your, I, uh, part of your spiel. I honestly don't think I would say clear very often unless I knew someone was coming in quickly behind me. Yeah. That's the only time I can think of where I would actually make the call. I mean, most of the time I'm doing the, the pattern, uh, you know, Apparently, it's gotten busier up there since I moved to Florida. But back in the day, especially in the wintertime, I'd be flying and there's nobody even hearing my radio calls that I did for downwind, bass, and final, let alone in the area. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, I just, I do. I just, it wasn't, it wasn't common for me to, to do that. So it's not in my, unless I know I'm doing somebody a favor by letting them know, hey, I'm clear. Or if they're like waiting, I know they're like waiting to, you know, maybe it's a low plane, like a Piper, low rider, and they're at the end of the runway at Port Clinton. Yeah. And they're so low to the ground. And, you know, they got the, the low wing, everything's low on it. They can't see anything. Visibility's terrible. Right. Yeah. And uh-huh. so, you know, they're wanting to get on the active, let's call it runway niner. It's fun to say niner. And so I land runway niner and I know I, as I'm on my final, I see someone's waiting there and I'm just, I'm going long cause I don't want to, I don't want to short field this. I'm going to put it in the hangar for the night. You know, I, I want to land long way down there. Yeah. And then Lance, that Piper probably can't even see where I am anymore. They don't know if I'm on the runway anymore or not. You know, they, especially if there's a snowbank, forget about it. They can't even, they're worried about hitting their wing on a snowbank. So then, you know, I'd make the call at that point, let them know that that I am indeed clear of the of the runway or whatever I said back then. I don't remember. Yeah. I'm one of those guys. I just do it even if nobody's listening. I just do it because I know that it's the right thing that I'm supposed to. That's that's just me. That's the guy I've become, which I know is scary. That's just I started doing that before I quit flying the islands in 2013. There you have it, folks. There's no uh there's no other radio to hear Lee's call. You now know the answer. Lee Griffing still did make the call. That's right. Even though there's nobody heard it. Nobody heard it. Yeah. You know, if a tree falls in the woods, you know, it's one of those things. It's one of those things. Yep. yep. I was saying okay. it, though. I was the guy saying it. 
That was me. All right. Uh, note one. I feel like there's oh God. some notes here. The tower will issue the pilot instructions, which will permit the aircraft to enter another taxiway, runway, or ramp area when, re- when required. Mm. So this is what you're talking about, like, at a controlled field, you stop once your tail's clear the whole short line. Yeah. Um, but the t- towers typically, unless they're crazy busy or something, are going to probably be telling you before you do that. Oh, and that's another thing uh, you can do, though, is in some places like Chicago Midway, we go to Teterboro, we go to uh, often, frequently, very busy um, airports. And a lot of times, if you're not familiar, they will ask you what airport, what uh, FBO you're going to for their kind of planning taxi route, integrating you with people like leaving the FBOs. So it's kind of, it's like a dance. So if you're not familiar, um, they would ask you, but it's kind of a good practice. If you're going somewhere busier, you check on with tower, you know, we're um, visual one, three, whatever it is. And you're checking on with tower. Um, go and say, uh, go into signature, going to Atlantic, going to shelter F light, whatever it is whatever your local FBO is, it's it's a nice touch. Um, I, I mean, if it's not a busy place, and again, you have the home field advantage, you know that there's only one place to go, or you know that they don't care, whatever. But it is a nice touch if you're going somewhere that you perceive to be busier than your normal. Throw that out there when you, when you check on with Tower when you're, kind of, when you're kind of on final, if they don't ask. It's a really nice touch. Scott, I landed at Toledo one time. This is we are by ourselves. Might have been a night. Yeah, the one time, guys. And, the uh, one time they went to Toledo. We've gone to Toledo a handful of times oh, okay, back good, in the day. Good. We would do that. I don't know. For some reason, we always want to do night flights there. I always want to do night flights there. Well, it's definitely not as busy, so that's helpful. Yeah. So, I think there was a requirements, but I think we just we still did some when, after we had already met whatever night landing requirements for the commercial or whatever <laughs> I was working on at the time. And... So we landed, and the tower asked us, "Where are you? Where are you going?" We hadn't thought that far ahead. So I, we said something along the lines of, "We're not sure where should where should we go." And they're like, uh, "Uh, I think they just sent us to the general aviation area." Yeah, <laughs> they don't care at that point. It's not their problem. Yeah, they're like, "Whatever." Hey, you might call us an Uber while you give us progressive taxi instructions. <laughs> What's a good restaurant? <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Oh, note two. Guidance contained in subparagraphs A and B above is considered an integral part of the landing clearance and satisfies the requirement of 14 CFR section 91.129. Whoa. If we didn't, now nah, even if we had planning on doing this for weeks, we still wouldn't have read it. You have that uh, ready I'm, to go? I'm pulling it up right now, I guess. Okay. What is that? Yeah. What is the. Uh... 129. Uh, operators of class Delta Airspace. So, what are they at? What, are they, what did they say? Guidance contained uh-huh. in subparagraphs A and B above, uh-huh. which is everything we read. Uh-huh. This entire thing is A and B, pretty much, other than the notes down here. Yep. Uh, is considered an integral part of the landing clearance and satisfies the requirement of 14 CFR section 91.129. Yeah. So that's when you're doing um, Bravo operations, the satisfies? Class Delta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Must comply D. with the applicable provisions of the section, blah, blah, blah. Uh, go back to 126, which is operations with uh, 
class G. Oh my God. I hate when they do these circuitous. You got to reference a bunch <laughs> to reference the one you're referencing. Um, it's like you're flying around in circles and you don't even left the rule book. That's right. You got to talk. You got to basically do what the, uh, what the tower tells you to do. Okay. That's always a good rule of thumb. Uh, part B. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. Um, the the uh, ATC may authorize a deviation on a continued basis for an individual flight as appropriate. That's something in there that kind of made sense. The rest of it's a bunch of circuitous uh, referencing other regs. One twenty six, one twenty seven, one twenty seven is Class E operations in, in on and in the vicinity of the Class E, and one twenty six operating on or in the vicinity of Class G airport. Blah blah blah. Okay, and there's a part C I just discovered. Oh, I thought good. it was off Thank of a, I, I thought it was part of a note, but then I'm like, uh, wait a second, that doesn't make sense. I think they just part C. buried a part C in a bunch of notes down here. All right, immediate, we'll immediately changed to ground control uh, frequency when advised by the tower mm-hmm. and obtain a taxi clearance. How many times have we heard? Stay with me, or taxi to the ramp with me, or this frequency? We hear that all the time. If you're in a Class D airport, which is kind of what this seems like this is geared towards, a lot of times ground clearance, ground and tower, same person running the frequencies. Depending on time of day, even the probably the slowest Class D airport probably breaks apart the frequencies at some periods during the day when they're busy. But just to give somebody something to do, I guess, justify their job or whatever. But yeah, a lot Maybe. of times the same ground and tower, the same same person a lot of times a lot of times when i created my own exit taxiway after i ground looped yep i i forgot that atc existed and i just started taxing back to our our company hangar and the tower said the tail number it's like uh taxi back to company hangar via taxiway that i was already on and stay with me yeah that's them making sure you don't get in trouble. Yeah. They do that stuff a lot. And I'm pretty sure I just said something dumb like, thanks. I tried to pull the ATC recording because I thought it would have been hilarious, but it, for some reason it wasn't working, whatever that website is. that. Oh, yeah, that sucks. Does it all? I was going to try to download. I wish I I wish I had. I had no clue I'd ever start a podcast at that point. Right. Yeah, that would have been but sweet. I was, just, I was just trying to find the clip just for my own personal stuff, and it, it wasn't. Wasn't there? Oh. I checked like the night. I checked like the day after, a week after. And I wish I would have known. Reason. I probably could have find. I'm good at finding that stuff. I'm pretty sure I told you about it, and you tried to find it that one. Really? Time. Oh, that's too yeah. bad. I don't. I don't remember. But yeah, I've gone I back told several you times. Scott about it. Okay. Yeah. No, I remember it happening, but I didn't remember the ATC trying to retrieve the ATC. I don't remember that part. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um. God. So really quick. Um, so Spencer says our school's SOPs are not to do anything on the runway. Just get off, then stop and do the afterland checklist. Hundred percent. That's what I'm saying. It's just we, it's a 172, which you know you're not going to put accidentally put the gear up. I get that. It's just I would like for everybody to think you're not always going to be flying a 172. Fly what you're flying like it's. The like it's the goal, the most complex airplane you'll ever that, that you'll ever fly or you'll ever want to fly. That's what I think. You got to get your head wrapped around that. You're not always going to be flying that airplane. So learn and beat into your into your head techniques, 
processes, procedures, SOPs, that, and this is part of it. Your school's got it there, so that, that's good. That you can carry on no matter what you end up flying. And that's one of those things, like we have an issue with some of the like the landing lights, taxi lights that are on the Lear. They're a little bit weird because our taxi lights are actually affixed to the gear. So when the gear is up, the taxi lights aren't on because they're up in the well. So they, they cut out, they're on a switch. So it knows when the gears are tracked, the taxi lights don't need to be on because they're like up in the wheel well. And there's some other like weird lighting limitations like uh, our, our, our strobe lights. They have a weight on wheel switch. So they don't want to even turn on while you're on the ground. So you can art, you can turn them to the strobe position and they won't go strobe. They'll just be beacon until you are weight off wheels when you rotate and take off, you lift off. And even though that's the case, when we cross an active runway, all all like kind of all our normal lighting um, technique stuff that we do, I'm still lighting it all up as though they're all on because I don't expect that I will always be flying a Lear that has these limitations. So there's, there's a, like a switchology and the the memory aid component of the the switches that you don't want to just let go. And I'm a, it depends time and place, right? I don't want to say like fly what you're flying when you're flying it, but also keep in mind the big picture, what is sift through kind of the BS, what you can continue to do big picture and what obviously may have a limitation and you won't be allowed to do it and you may have to get creative there. But yeah, I think that's a great, a great SOP because although it doesn't matter in the 172 in a King Air in a beach 1900, a CRJ, it does matter. And you'll of course have those SOPs beat into you then when you're flying that airplane, but it's much better to have that ingrained in you. Now it'll keep you out of trouble before those big company SOPs get kind of uh, put on your shoulders. Maybe you'll be doing a medevac job in between there. Maybe you'll be flying a Pilatus or a King Air or a Malibu Meridian in between, you know, here and there. And let's have those processes ingrained early on because it's the right thing to do. And you can carry it with you no matter what you're flying. If it's a J3 Cub, doesn't matter. There's still, still holds true in my yeah. opinion. Tyler's asking, what is an SOP? He says he has no idea what it is, and I should probably get rid of it out of this recording, but I'll leave it in anyway, just uh, in case somebody else needs to know what an SOP is. Yeah, I think I think he's probably, because I've referenced it so many times, standard operating procedure. Okay. For the, That's good. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Um, da, 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 da. Harrison Ford knows how to taxi to the ramp without delay. That's a... Uh, Oh, no. You know, I want to meet that dude. There is nobody, honestly, in aviation that I want to meet more than him. He's got a Husky. He's got a CJ. I think he, like, owns part of a CJ with Morgan Freeman or something. De Havilland Beaver. God, he, who knows what else he may have. Well, he used to have, what was it, that Harvard or whatever that he put in that golf course. I can't even remember what all the airplanes he has or the airplanes he's crashed. But it's just like, man, I love Star Wars. I love Star Wars. Love Indiana Jones. Dude likes to fly. Well, I mean, what more could you ask for? He's obviously got good taste in airplanes. Yeah, I'm going to avoid the topic because I'm, what? yeah. Oh. I don't know my movie stars that well. So I'm pretty, I'm like 90% sure I know which one's Harrison Ford, but I don't want to accidentally, there's a 10% chance I could be thinking of somebody else and it'd be like, oh just my be God. bad. Everybody'd be like, oh my gosh, you're an idiot. 
I don't watch movies. Who's got time to watch movies? Um, Star Wars is beyond movies. I, I'm just, I mean, it's like, oh my God. I've never watched any of them. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> my world is crashing. <laughs> crashing been, down. Okay. Before we go to the last notes here and wrap this up, you've been coughing, but it's good. Tyler also pointed out that if you say COVID on the recording, Spotify flags it the whole episode yes. with like COVID misinformation stuff. Yes. Like it happened when uh, on the recording you did with Andy. Yes. You coughed once and said COVID and now it's 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 all over yes. that episode yes. already. Yeah, there's COVID but all over I, that episode. And it's it will infected. it will be this one now too that I've talked about this. Um so you Spotify listeners, um that's what's going on, I guess. I, I I don't use Spotify, so I didn't know that. That's, That's what I listen to Spotify. Out. I'm I honestly I feel even more connected to Tyler than I already did because he oh, brought wow. up Spotify. Spotify is my oh, go to. I'm a I'm a audiophile and I love I love Spotify. I would cancel yeah. all of my streaming video services before I canceled Spotify. No question. It's not even close. Yeah. Okay. Um let's wrap this up. Nope. Oh, sure. One. This is for part C. <laughs> okay, we'll get to it. Which, Sorry. Part C, part C. Which is immediate which is immediate the part C is immediately changed to ground control frequency yeah. when advised by the tower and obtain a taxi clearance. Note one off of that one. Okay. Is the tower will issue instructions required to resolve any potential conflicts with other ground traffic prior to advising the pilot to contact ground control. So if you see another plane there, it's a figment of your imagination. Just keep going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> is that what that means, Mr. Griffin? I'm I'm reading the chat. I'm reading the chat, man. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Edit that out. I, I want to. No, you, what you, you have to le- you have to listen to it when uh, when you're doing because you said yep, yep. Oh, okay, <laughs> great. I stand by my I answer then. Okay. <laughs> Note two: Ground control will issue taxi clearance to parking. That clearance does not authorize the aircraft to enter or cross any runways. Pilots not familiar with the taxi route should request specific taxi instructions from mm. ATC. Yes. So unless they specific, let's basically there's some one of the FARs. I forget which number it is. States that I, I believe you, unless you're specifically cleared during a taxi instructions to cross a runway, you cannot cross a runway. Correct. Never cross a runway. You can't go from yeah. critical or non-critical to critical without a specific clearance. I try That's to delineate this. that way. You can go critical to non-critical because it's like a degradation in the criticalness criticality i don't know i'm making shit up now that's how many beers i've had but anyways there's it's a different story when you're going from non-critical to critical need a clearance when you're going the other way a lot more lax they're gonna let you get away with a lot and like how i got all the way to taxiing without talking to somebody uh basically one of the busiest airports on the planet um that can happen you're you're helping them out and it's non-critical getting at crossing a runway crossing an active crossing any runway that's one thing people get hung up on too. Act runway. We've kind of talked about that earlier in a part or a class E, class G sense where it's untowered, uncontrolled. We've talked about the, the uh, clearing the runway, active runway, all that stuff. Don't get so hung up maybe on the active runway component. And that's why Tyler brought up in the chat. I've said, I think we've talked about active runway is, is a very subjective thing. So, Use your runway number, that's one, and 
at a towered field, the active runway is not nearly as cut and dried. You can have a tailwind. It's the active, it's it is the active runway, but that doesn't mean it's the runway that's most aligned with with the wind. They can be, you know, you talk to about a big airport and it takes them, it could take them an hour to transition from like Charlotte, for example. They have north souths. It can take them an hour to transition from landing north to landing south or vice versa because they have a flow of traffic already established for those runways. And they have to slowly start slowing people down in over a, a long period of time to start getting the spacing out so that they can now start when they finally get their enough room in between, they can start feeding people in, uh, in, in or diverting them. Not diverting. That's a bad um, misuse of a term. Rerouting them uh, towards the you know the uh, the opposite operation they were originally planning on. It takes a long time, causes delays, they, so they don't like doing it. So you can be oftentimes if they know okay in the morning it's going to be a south wind, um, and in the evening it's going to be a south wind, but during the day it's going to be north, up to so many knots. Obviously, you're not going. It's not going to be a twenty knot tailwind, but if it's five, ten, ten knot tailwind component they'll just keep rocking that south operation all day long because they know the majority of a 24-hour period is going to be favoring the south operation they're not going to make huge headaches for for not only charlotte approach but atlanta center whatever they're not going to make those headaches just to change um for you know a few hours period of time they're just going to let you roll with it so the active runway concept if you want to carry that from like light GA, class E, class G airspace to uh, like kind of super, you know, class B airspace. If you want to take that active runway philosophy concept, it's very subjective. It's not always going to be lined with the, um, with the prevailing winds. And that's something, that's something to think about. I think as people progress through their ratings, you're going to experience landing with a tailwind for sure. Luckily, you tend to have a lot more runway, so it's not really any safety margin. It's just weird. Yeah, I don't even know what the original question was, but I—that was good information. I think I just gave though. Yeah, that was great. Regardless, I just I want to point out the the JFK story you have that's always brought up because it's so rare that that's happened. What's um, that? Most most of the time, ATC is gonna. Oh, like just listen to what ATC says. Yeah, do always do what they say. That's why, like in your in your brief, I said, don't don't even when you're briefing it to yourself, don't get hung up on what's ideal, what you expect. Always be like, I'm gonna like go over this one time, maybe twice, but for the most part, I'm gonna listen to what they say. I'm gonna write that down or whatever you do if you have a co-pilot or a first officer or whatever have those resources ready to copy taxi instructions don't get hung up on on what you expect to hear i think that's kind of some negative reinforcement potentially if they give you something other than what you expect it can derail your whole thought train and then not good all right i think that's a good uh wrap up for a short uh scott's not here to read any reviews this episode unfortunately um be sure to send him hate mail uh, Which he will never read. read. Yeah. So it's more of just a therapeutic process than an actual yeah. Uh, yeah. getting in touch with Scott process. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. Right. 
So, um, this was recorded live on YouTube. If you're not on the, uh, the list, robertberger.com, B-E-R-G-E-R. Click on the live button, get on the list. And um, I usually try to give as much notice as I can uh, before we do live streams. Sometimes we do them on time. This was not one of them. Not one of them. Um, yeah. Thank you, Ground Crew, as always. Yes. Um, that, that revenue coming in, we're buying some more uh, recording equipment with it, saving up for a couple more microphones, and uh, this switchboard mixer thing. Um, we're slowly starting to build up what is needed to actually do these in person as we sit uh, together instead of this over the interwebs type thing and then be able to eventually live stream that and all that jazz. Uh, so yeah, thank you, thank you. On top of just running the operation now, uh, you guys are also helping us save up and, and get some more of that equipment to take the show to the next level. So we appreciate that over on pilotground.com. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. Thanks for listening. We're going to go into some Q&A in the, uh, the live stream here. And um, yeah. Have a good one. Thanks, guys. People gotta get gotta okay, get fixed. Okay, let's see. We will shuffle, shuffle in here. Sweet. Yeah, All people right. gotta get their let's fix. See. Yeah, uh, I'm not really gonna be able to. Man, that's another reason why it's nice to have a third person. Yeah. Somebody can monitor this. You know. Yeah, yeah. We don't have a. Um, Barbara's first one in. Hey guys. Hey How's Barbara. It going. Must have sent out. I think sends out the push notification which i think works better that's why i send out the link for youtube or twitch in the first email and they just don't bother sending out the second email because that way the 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 platform does it for me at that point i feel like oh conventional gear teddy hey guys how's it going conventional gear i like it this is good you know we're tailwheel fans here you're totally yeah Playing to our, our heartstrings here. I need something to prop my phone up with. Oh, that's that's Baker on uh, on pilot. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, gotcha. Hey Spencer. Hey Spencer. Okay, we are. Um, yeah, we 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 pretty much settled on that aim topic, right? Yeah, we just yeah. Lee and I just as I was trying to figure out how to make all the connections work for the live stream. Uh, decided what the episode is because both the ideas I had involved Scott, uh, and Scott is not here. So you're breaking Barbara's heart right now. When it was getting late, I was worried we'd get into Scott's bedtime. Yeah, well, yeah, Scott's, yeah Scott's not going to make it tonight. No, 
She, Sorry to break uh, your heart. As the as the title of the of the live stream says, Scott forgot. Or I guess he, he claims he didn't know. We just talked about it earlier today, actually. I went back in the conversation. Yeah, I'm like, there's got, no way he could have missed it, but we have a group text that Lee and I've been having a conversation about for a few days now, I think. I I tried to send out the email earlier and then I forgot to send out the email, so I did it at my lunch break today. And then uh Scott like Scott's like, oh, that's a great idea for an episode. When are we doing that? I'm like, in 15 minutes. And he's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll save that great episode idea for when Scott yeah. is here. Yeah. Well, little teaser. That was a little teaser Good. there. Yeah, a little teaser. Uh, unintentional teaser. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, go so, ahead. Go ahead. Now I just seeing uh we got four That's viewers right four. now. We usually wait till that pings up to about I don't know eight or nine at least before and then we'll get yeah, started. Let's see where we get, I guess. But uh yeah, Lee's been dropping the ball. Barbara's been dropping the ball here. What's everybody? I was gonna say, but I was gonna wait till we had more people. Everybody is stealing okay. my thunder these days. <laughs> Jesus. It's all about the timing, Lee. What's everybody drinking? What what are you drinking, Rob? <laughs> let's start with you. This also, I got a Mick Ultra. I'm dehydrated. It's getting hot out here. What's in the temperature Florida. like? What so, you got? Um, oh, it's it's called just miserable. It's like okay. high 80s, tons yeah, of humidity. Yeah, I got shorts and flip flops for tomorrow night. First time I've no first clouds. time I've uh, done shorts and flip flops for the for the year. Yeah, really? that's right. I was right. Yeah, you. Yeah, the couple times you've been down here so far, you've wearing yeah. like jeans and. Yeah, it's more versatile. I mean, it's just, it's the same, it's like the same pack every time. So it's just, I just leave the hoodie in the, in the rollerboard. But yeah, this time I'm gonna, I deviated a little because I knew it was gonna be hot. And it's always like at, um, it's always, it seems like there's always sun on you there where we're going. So if we can make it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I am drinking Miller Lite. They'll stand by. I got, I got a Coors on deck. Basically clear. Baker's drinking coffee. Yeah, that's about what I should be doing, but I sleep like shit. So, I'd, yeah, I'd be up all night if I did that this hour. Oh. And actually, this this uh, beer might pretty much keep me up too. Yeah, we're we're not we're not kicking up. I'm still playing with this strategy. I may not have given enough notice for the. Uh, it says five for the um, for the live stream. To get the the bigger numbers, because the numbers I'm thinking of, we usually send out an email like a couple days in advance for when it's shooting up to like 50 people at the yeah. same time. Just got back from Phoenix, all of 91. I don't know what that means. Like, okay, the temperature, all, all temperature guy. Yeah, yeah. I was just in Flagstaff, well, or not Flagstaff, um, Scottsdale, like two weeks back to back. One day I was there, it was 52. And then just a few days ago, it was like 75. It was beautiful. Beautiful. Light breeze, 75. It was amazing. Um, the um, I was going to go to the CFI what? one, Spencer. Yeah, Spencer. You mentioned this a couple weeks on the last uh, live stream we did on here. Get it. My advice would be to... Uh, which, which CFIs? Is it like the one of those 90-day intensive like Lee and I tried yeah. to do? I would recommend going... Uh, like just start studying and focusing now on like the fundamentals of instructing and all that jazz. 
you you have to show up almost half prepared if it's the one. Well, and also through. we are. I would say our background in our initial training was not as good as we we. Okay, we have good stick and rudder skills, but I I think a lot of there was a, a ton of there's more knowledge gaps than there weren't in my opinion. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. I, it, it was. Just, it's just insane. You had a great instructor. I had a bunch. I should have been able to at least crowdsource some knowledge, but it can go both ways. You have one instructor who's really good. They'll drop the ball on certain things, but I had like a bunch of instructors, so they didn't know what I didn't know, and nobody really kind of got to the bottom of what I didn't. So that we have same excuses for two different reasons. I feel like I always say the best yeah. instructor Spencer's can forget a- stuff. Yeah, Spencer says it's a three-month program he's going into. Ours was that's 30 days for a CFI and double I. Yeah. That's, which, that was a bit much. That was a bit much. But going like back now, if, if I would have gotten what I expect to give students uh, for their kind of the, their more entry-level private instrument commercial, I feel like I would have been more prepared. But I, I didn't have any instructors give give me that. Now, I was also young and stupid and immature and every other thing. So I I am half at fault, probably. You get yeah. out of it what you take in, I suppose. Um, the fundamentals of instruction, it's always like a little bit of a screws with your mind when you have to pretend you're teaching somebody, even though you know that they already know better than you know. That 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 concept to me is is weird. And you have to just, and I've said similar, like I talk about chair flying a lot. If you think you're, you go so far over the top that you feel ridiculous if somebody were to watch you, and that's probably about the extent that's that's accurate or that's necessary to get things solidified in your brain, in my opinion. You just have to get over it feeling weird, I think, when you're teaching somebody. Okay. Because you have to teach it to the DPE oh, yeah. or the um, the FAA. Well, you're t- teaching it to DPE probably, but maybe the FAA. I don't know what they're doing with COVID. I think the FAA is kind of chilling at the office, the home office these days. Hanging out. All right. Well, yeah, we got seven. God, this is this users. is almost I guess we can this kick is it almost off. going good as it was. We yeah. can talk more about that later um, if, if we have time, Spencer. Yeah, the, but the the three month program though. That that I feel like would be semi realistic if you were more prepared than we were. Or as per, if you were yeah, as we, prepared. You have like a month to kind of get caught up, then two months to learn the instruction, the instructing part, right? Is that what you meant? Yeah, yeah. that's probably. See, if I was tough, but like, so I just got upgraded to a training captain at, at my job, and it is so true, and I've said it probably before, but you learn so much better when you're responsible for teaching the other person. That's the problem I always had. I recognized, well, I didn't recognize until it was too late, till I started the CFI. I didn't know shit. So you have to make up all that ground and just like in learning a new airplane, going to a new school for a new type rating, drinking from a fire hose. You know, you, you're trying, you can't, you're, you're taking notes and like Rob and I, we went there to learn and like, like we're there to learn things that we're not supposed to be being taught. <laughs> They're trying to teach you the instructing part. We were trying to learn part 91 stuff. That's what I felt. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, no, we're just that. here to teach you how to teach, you know, and get your head wrapped around that. And we're writing down, okay, 91105 what, or whatever it is. Like, we're writing down notes and it's like, yeah, that's not what you're supposed to be doing, guys. You're supposed to already know that. Whatever. Yeah. 
I thought I'd have the patience for a CF. I never thought I'd have the patience for a CFI. The patience of actually getting the rating or actually doing the instruction. Probably doing the instruction, I'm going to assume. That's not, that's not the read I get out of him, though, on pilot ground. The read I get out, no? I think he'd be a good instructor if he had the, if he had the certificate level. So in, if you think about okay. it, that that's what I get out of him. The stuff he talks about, the stuff he brings up, I the demeanor. I, I, you know, it's very light context clues, but that's not. I don't get that out of him. Well, I he says says I'm right. Yeah, basically. I don't he know. He I don't say know that, though. Well, then maybe right. you're just doing a disservice to the aviation community by not being an instructor. I don't know what to tell you. It seems like you have the demeanor to do it. <laughs> Um, yeah, Barbara. Yeah, you don't have to take the FOI. Yeah, if you have. So Barbara says, I, I never had to take the FOI exam for my AGI because I had a teaching degree. Um, and she said, it's crazy. You need to learn all that and the aviation stuff. 100%. But yeah, it's cool. It's since you already have the fundamentals of teaching and learning and all that stuff, ironclad because you're a professional teacher, theoretically, or are you capable of being one? It's good they, they give you that. So you have to. You have to take the fundamentals of instructing test. She didn't have to. To get. In oh, it. yeah, yeah. I know, but like most yeah. people would to get your ground instructor mm-hmm. certificate. Yeah, I yeah. didn't know that. I thought it was only a prerequisite for the uh, the CFI or CFII or MEI. Anything with I an I the at the end. ground instructor. I'm pretty sure. Because you're instructing. Fundamentals of instruction. Oh. Okay. It makes sense. I just, I just feel like I took my. I must have. I must have not. I must have taken the FOI. You definitely did because you have a CFI. Just, yeah. Yeah. You only I, have to take I it got once. My ground instructor. I thought before I took the FOI, but maybe I'm wrong. Not sure. Maybe I'm misremembering the chronological order in which I sat for. I'm pretty exams. sure you did the FOI That's first. Very, very possible. We did the FO- yeah. Who knows? Okay. Um, Baker says he's kicked it around a bit. Uh, we yeah we're we're bumped up over ten here. Um, I don't know where this would be going, unless we, unless you you've got more thoughts on on this random conversation before I don't we start know. the thing. I, I, Sometimes you get going down these tangent holes, and it's like an entire filler clip I could make. Yeah, we could have done that, but yeah, the, I mean, it's, it's, the chat isn't going along. I, I don't think enough to. I don't know. Whatever you think, we t- keep talking yeah. about the CFI yeah. stuff. You know, my knowledge is somewhat limited. But I've done, I got my CFI and I did two, back then I believe it was called a biannual flight review. It was never, Still. it was never, since you've been flying, okay. it was never called a biannual flight review. It's okay. like 2006 so did, is when it changed. I did one or two flight mm-hmm. reviews. I always thought biannual flight review was just the nickname. I didn't realize they changed it. Okay. But I, I think I did one or two flight reviews and that's the only, and, and I did a couple, I did the cross-country day for Scott's mm, commercial mm-hmm. that's in mm-hmm. his logbook. It's the only things I've ever used my CFI yeah. for. I haven't flown in years, let alone used my CFI. I just, I'm looking right now. Uh, I have Log10 Pro, which is like the Apple, which I like. I haven't updated it for like the pay per month thing. So I'm running really old software. But this says, and I don't update, the only things I log anymore are jet time, tailwheel time, seaplane time. That's all I care about. Um, 1,349 hours of dual given. 1,300 hours of dual given I have. Okay. I feel like, I feel like you got to log every 10th until you hit 10,000. Yeah, I, I give up. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. That's what, what, once I hit 10,000, 
I, I forget which, I feel like one of my flying mentors who was like a jet guy, that's what he said he did. So in my mind, I was always like, okay, once you have 10,000 hours, you've earned the right to not log your time anymore. I feel like you're doing this prematurely. <laughs> that could be. I've never heard that metric. I mean, that that takes a lot. I mean, there's 20-year airline guys that, that you know, have 13, 14,000. I mean, I'm not going to. I'm not going to wait that long to quit logging. It's too much work. If you if you had a plane, though, and you were flying GA mm-hmm. a lot, can rack up some stuff, you could hit 10,000 hours a lot faster than you are doing little Learjet trips. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. And Well, you know, if I had like a Super Cub or a J3 that I was flying regularly, I, obviously I would log that. So that, w- that would work. But when I go putz around with any of you guys in the 150 or something like that, I'm not going to log that. I just make stuff up on my insurance form, basically. I, I guesstimate, and I can, I'm probably pretty accurate. I fly so seldom. You know, I flew probably five, <laughs> five times this year. It's five hours. You know, so I just staple it onto the insurance form from last year. Yeah. And I, I don't get too scientific about Baker's, it. Oh, this is the strat. We got to start the episode soon. But Baker just commented, he, um, he just got back from a week on a sailboat in the Bahamas. All I could think of was flying around the islands on a float plane. Yes. Um, what what kind of sailboat, Tyler? I've been saving up. I want to. I've been saving up for a Super Maramu for like years now. It's my You're dream. Way of me, I don't have any of that in my chat. Mm. Oh really? Oh, Tyler says Scott forgot question mark. Yeah, Scott forgot. We were just Scott forgot he was a host on a podcast. We'll just per usual the yeah, general per usual. Yeah, you see how excited <laughs> so you have to be gone. here most of the time. That's why I, in the in the chat he's like I'm not going to be fun to have on tonight, so I'm just I didn't even send him a link. <laughs> in the off chance, like, make that right. decision for him. Okay, you're better, <laughs> but better on the bench today, buddy. I sent I sent links out to a bunch of other people though. I sent one out to Jack Cochran without even oh. giving a a heads up, so he could pop in. Amon wow. could pop in. That's quite a strategy. Um, who, who you want to talk about, it doesn't get we're already so random we don't even know what we're going to talk about we still haven't even started talking about it we might yeah. not even get to it and now we don't know what guests could we pop could in. have four, we could have four or five surprise guests on that it's a surprise to us it's a surprise to them maybe they don't even understand what the link That's is true. and they just click on it and all of a sudden they're it's live a fishing attempt That's, it's a russian be, fishing attempt that would be fun it's a it's yeah. a fishing it's a guest yeah. fishing attempt that i did all right that um Hold on. No, Baker hasn't said anything about his sailboat. I still don't see that. All right. Interesting. No. It's conventional gear. Remember? That's oh, you. Oh, no, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. All right. Um, we can talk about mm-hmm, it after we do mm-hmm. this. It might be a short. We, we always say that, and then it does. it's not a short. Um, 